Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. Hey, good morning, everyone, on this beautiful, hopefully it's beautiful, I don't know what it's going to be like yet, I'm, re- I'm not technically recording this as you're listening to this, sorry if I just burst your bubble, but uh, good, good morning and welcome to the day before the kickoff to the weekend. Yes, that is, that is uh, hopefully one of the best parts of tuning into uh, the First Gen Hunter podcast is you know that it is your, your milestone of the week, your marker for better days quickly approaching. And speaking of better days quickly approaching, we are within three months of hunting season. Now, if you're a listener from Florida, I believe your deer season kicks off like the end of july or something crazy like that and so uh some of you it's going to be here really quickly uh for the rest of us though we're going to kind of have to wait around for dove and small game season i know brandon gets some uh september uh deer hunting time in in his neck of the woods and a few other states out there like wisconsin and missouri i know here in the midwest they get kicked off before uh the October page of the calendar starts showing up. Now, as you guys know, I am in the middle of a major move right now, and you want to talk about stressful and busy. I know I complained about it in last episode, but it is. It's uh, it's it's been very hard to keep up on the episodes. Um, I'm hoping to not have a lapse in that. Although I, uh, you know, we're moving into an old farmhouse, so there's uh, a lot of needs there and some. Uh, ways and uh, uh, I found out today some uh, kind of tough news on a project an already giant project that we have planned and in the works got a little bit more giant today and so uh, depending on how that uh, changes my availability I don't know I may have to might I might miss a week in our normal lineup I ho- I'm hoping not um, I'm, I'm ahead a little bit on, on interviews, um, but it'll be kind of tough to fit that editing time in here over the next few weeks, but I'll, I'll do my best. I'm, I'm hoping there won't be a lapse. With that being said, though, in order to help me keep up on, on the schedule and, and uh, running back and forth between here and there, um, I have gone back to an episode that Brandon and I recorded uh, just under a year ago. So I, we recorded this just as we were getting into hunting season for the fall fall of 2020. And uh, we never released it. It was kind of always a, a a uh, backup episode that I had in case of a time like this where I was uh, so swamped that I wasn't able to uh, to keep up on, on the regular content. And I want to say this. You're going to hear old references from last year, but man, did I enjoy editing this. Going back and hearing what was going on at that point in our, uh, in our lives, in our hunting season, and uh, even seeing what... Uh, you know, I've learned since then, and hopefully what Brandon learned since then. Uh, it was just super enjoyable, and I really like it because I think this is probably the fullest glimpse you guys will get 
get or the like the 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 complete story for the most part of me getting into hunting as an adult first gen hunter and um i think it'll be you know probably a fairly relatable story for many of you uh, you'll get to hear about some of the hardships and and uh things that worked out like i thought they might and things that didn't quite work out like i thought they might and uh, everything in between and so uh, i really enjoy this one it's all about taking the next step as a hunter so uh, that could mean different things for different people you know um an interview that we'll have coming out next week uh that i just recorded with um uh, a an archery guy out of uh out of my state here in iowa he uh talked about his uh what i think he said it was his best friend his son is only 19 and he's on his way to uh completing his super slam which is uh arrowing all i think that's 29 different species of big game in north america uh you know so Aaron shot with a bow and uh he's only 19 <laughs> so so uh some some people's stories are, are different than others um but but uh i hope this is this is one that uh you know helps you uh relate to my story but also helps you see how you too can take that next step maybe it's going to be like that uh guy and you want to do a super slam maybe it's hey i just want to get out every year and hunt you know one day or two days or three days you know what you won't find any criticism here because i'm not the only one who's busy i know there's plenty of other people who are probably way busier than i am and uh so whatever that goal is for you though I hope this episode inspires you to take it. Now, I will also say this. Because of my time crunch right now, I'm not going to run a tip of the day this week. Uh, it just adds uh, a lot of editing time. I, it will be back, though. Don't worry. And I hope those are helpful and, and worthwhile uh, in, in giving those to you guys. But uh, this is there's tons of tips, chalk you know this episode is chock full of them and so uh you'll you'll definitely be able to pick up on some stuff that you can put into use right away uh with your own uh hunting plans but man it's good to talk to you guys you know when when you are this stressed it's just nice to be able to to know that there's other people out there who um who are willing to listen to you <laughs> and uh who are uh, genuine people and and love hunting and uh you know probably love it just as much as i do so that's that's really cool i take it i, I don't take it lightly being able to uh have you in the audience each week so i uh, hope uh, you enjoy this episode this will be episode number 59 taking it to the next level uh, chat with just me and our good old buddy Brandon from The Hunt Fish Life. Hope you guys enjoy it. Brandon, man, it's good to be returning to our roots this evening. Oh, it's always good to return to the roots. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Speaking of which, speaking of returning to the roots, mm. you were uh, returning to the roots of life as a can't help yourself hunting addict, right? <laughs> that is true. And it's, it is. It is an addiction, and it'll be interesting tonight to talk about 
things a little bit. I actually just got off of a hunt myself, and uh, it was actually kind of funny because, you know, neighbors are a blessing, um, you know, uh, <laughs> but they can also, they, they can also, um, you know, tweak your nerves a little bit. You know, I had, was having a nice conversation with a neighbor on, uh, just across the way from the property that I was hunting on tonight. And, uh, apparently he was enjoying shooting multiple types of weapons, just uh, a little ways away from where I was at. And I thought, you know, after we talked a little bit, you know, that was going to stop. And, uh, but the, the hundreds of rounds continued for the oh. rest of the evening. So unfortunately, and I, I've, you know, had a couple real, real solid bucks, big, big bucks on cam right in that area. And, um, unfortunately, and I actually didn't check the trail cam that night or tonight because I was there, you know, I just switched out a chip and while I was up in the sand, I was checking and pretty much every night, I think, in fact, I think every night over the last two weeks, um, there have been deer right there. Uh, and tonight there were no deer there. So, <laughs> so, you know, that's how it goes. Some, that's why they call it hunting and not killing. So, I mean, Hey, we, that's right. it was still, it was still nice to be out there, enjoyed a, a nice evening. And so, Hey, it was, it was the first sit of the season for me. So it was, it was a blessing to be out there. That's awesome, man. Well, today, yeah. today was an interesting day for myself. I'm, I'm yeah. really glad yeah. you got out to go deer hunting, but I did not get yeah. to go deer hunting. Oh, okay. Uh, that is because it's not open yet in Iowa mm. or Illinois, which mm-hmm. is fine. You know, that's great. We, we're, yeah. we still got October one to look forward to yet. Yeah. But, yeah. um, it was an interesting day because, um, dove season is open. I did not go dove hunting or squirrel hunting today. However, okay. I did go check a trail camera. Nice. And I, uh, was supposed to go on a 3d shoot with, mm-hmm. um, Garrett Fike from episode 15. Yes. Just, just a guy who's a whitetail nut, you know, just mm-hmm. great bow hunter kills big yep. deer every year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my brother, Jake, and my best friend, Weston, we were all yeah. supposed to go, but I was like, oh, you know what, guys? I have to supervise Saturday detention mm. at the school I got. I, oh, I put it, I mean, it's not that bad of a deal because, you know, I yeah. get paid like a hundred bucks or something for a few hours okay. of work. So I'll take it. Yeah. And um, I forgot about it, though. I woke oh. up. I wo- I'm an early riser, so usually I'm yeah. up, you know. I, it was pretty bad. I, I fell asleep on the couch last night working mm-hmm. on stuff. And I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to go to bed. And I, w- I think I was in bed on a Friday night, like before 10 o'clock. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. It, it felt, it felt good. But then that meant that, you know, early or like my early riser sense started to kick in at like, I think it was about 10 till five this morning. I was like starting to do the clock watching, you know, like, yes, eh, I should try to sleep longer to get caught up because it's the weekend. Yes. But (laughs) I just kind of dozed for like, I don't know, another 45 minutes to to an hour. Mm -hmm. And um, my son Jonas woke up before six. And so Mm -hmm. we were, we were up, we were up for a long time. I got some work taken care of. And this is where it pays off, though, to be an early riser. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I was texting um, 
my my buddy Weston about something. I was asking for an update, and uh, you know we were talking a little bit. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm with uh, Jake and Fike right now," and I'm like, "Huh?" I was like, "You guys going dove hunting?" And uh, he's like, uh, "No, we're headed down to go do some do a archery 3D shoot." And at that moment, I was <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. There's a reason I'm not on that archery 3D shoot. What is that again? <laughs> and it was like it was like 40 minutes before um before I had to oh. go to be at the school and I yeah. and I live I live about 25 minutes away and my oh, wife's man. working nights so she's not oh. home yet and I hate oh. to like just Ditch the kids with her because obviously when I got scheduled for that, I was planning, all right, I'll just make sure that my mom can watch the kids or whatever. Yeah, right. And on top of all of this, I had just picked up a gun safe for my grandpa from my former neighbor who was selling it. Okay. And I was going to deliver that to his house today, which is okay. a couple hours away. Yeah. And I already had it all loaded up in the truck and everything. You know, plan- they were planning on me coming and everything. Yeah. And so, like, all of this is hitting me, you know, for 40 minutes. My goodness. From the, and, and, you can imagine what the kids are like that have to go yeah. to Saturday school. You know, it's yeah. not like they're thrilled to be waking up early right. in the morning and neither are their parents. And yeah, so it's right. not like, you know, I'll show up and all is forgiven. You know what I mean? Like if I, right. if I totally botch it or whatever. Yeah. So uh, thankfully I texted the assistant principal who's in charge of, of setting that stuff up. And um, I was like, you know what? I didn't get an email about it. So I'm guessing that we probably don't have to have it today. So I text him, you know, and, you know, most folks, they like to sleep until what? Probably eight, nine o'clock on a Saturday. And um, so when I'm awake, you know, I I expect people again, because I'm an early riser that most people are probably not wanting to be contacted. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Right, right. But I was like, I got to try. And so I text him and sure enough that, you know, he was right on it. And, and he, he was like, you know what? We had no high school kids. Let me text the junior high principal, make sure there was no junior high kids. And sure enough, I got off the hook, man. Nice. There was no, <laughs> what a blessing. But, but it was like that, you know that deer in the headlights moment like yes. oh no what do i do yeah. terrible feeling yes yes very much oh. so and and thankfully it all worked out just fine and oh, my wife blessing. didn't have to stay awake watching kids for three hours i didn't yes. have to wake my mom up or something or ruin her saturday yes. plans i didn't have to drag my son to detention with me and yeah right so, anyways, ended up going visiting my grandparents. Checked a trail camera, found out the batteries were dead. Uh, uh. <laughs> no pictures on it, and uh, <laughs> other, other than other than a daily grass migration, right? Um, yeah, right. But, but yeah, so there were there were no uh, no pictures to go with, and and uh, nothing to mess with on that end, but. Yeah, it was it was an interesting day, and um, I I am planning to go out dove hunting though tomorrow evening with my brother in law. So nice, I, I have that to look forward to, and and um, 
that should be should be a good time but yeah crazy times crazy times and um, yeah so anyways this the i've been on this super long rambling rabbit trail here but um it got me thinking when i was strapping down that gun safe mm-hmm. the my uh i have a topper on my on my truck and and um that like top edge of it where it meets the cab of the truck it it's all like it's all it's all like a one joined piece up to the there's not it's, the topper isn't like enclosed on all four sides i guess you could say like it meets with the back of the cab of my truck okay and so a little bit like if it's raining really hard a little bit of moisture can come in through there and i had a um ratchet strap nylon ratchet strap in there yeah. and that baby sopped up some water man and it was smelling mm. funky and and yeah. uh it just got me thinking, you know, because I, I was like, you know, I don't want my the back of my truck to smell like musty, you know, during hunting season and stuff. Making right. my gear smell smell bad. And I started I thought of this thing I heard once. It was actually from uh S- Steven Ranella. Yeah. Um I read in his book when he used to trap, he would keep a bunch of pine boughs in the back of his truck with a topper to like keep all of his because with trapping obviously scent is critically important you know if they if they smell human scent all over those traps yeah um, they're not obviously going to get trapped so right. uh, i guess an old trapper trick is to like line all your stuff with pine boughs so it smells natural you know and so right. it got me thinking you know maybe i should try and uh turn up some pine boughs to throw back in the in the back of my truck during hunting season this year and maybe that just be that extra little that extra hey, little bit great. of uh scent like cover scent you know what i mean right. and yep absolutely. and uh see if see if that would uh help my situation a little bit which then that got me going down another rabbit trail maybe we should just call this episode rabbit trails right <laughs> but that's not a bad idea. Hey, well, it's good. It's good. You need that sometimes. <laughs> but but uh, it got me thinking, you know, so often, you know, you listen to all these these uh, other guys out there and and um, they have such great information. You know, so yeah. these guys have just killed incredible deer and they know so much more than I do. And, you know, it's like the saying that, that I, I really like. It's probably a little bit overused, but. Uh, the first time I heard it, I was like, man, that was a good saying. It's like, that guy will forget more than I will ever know. You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, they're they're like that. And um, sometimes, though, you'll hear these guys be like, I don't care about scent because there's no way I can beat a deer's nose. And yeah. I don't know. I I get their point. And again, yeah. the proof is in the pudding, right? They're killing big deer. So, so I'm not here to call them out by any means, but I just got to think that does it hurt? You know what I mean? It, yeah. I think it can only help you to try and manage your scent a little bit. You know what I mean? Like what, like our conversation we had with Jeremiah Haas, you know, and how careful he is. That doesn't hurt him. You know what I mean? Right. It, right. Yeah. And and I agree. I 100% agree. We're never going to beat a deer's nose. But I just think that 
that every little bit helps, you know, like it might take it from, you got a, you got a 5% chance of beating this deer's nose today. Yeah. If you play the wind yeah. right and everything. Yeah. It might take it from a five to a 20. Yeah. And I'll right. take that. You know what I mean? I'll take that. Right. And, and, uh, so, you know, I was just thinking might be one other little step in the, in the preparation plan for getting ready to uh scent proof everything for this deer season so i don't know I'll, i might have to try it and uh <laughs> let you know how the results are but uh i think it if, if nothing else will make my truck smell better <laughs> well yeah i mean i think it's and i think it's those sometimes those little things that can make a big difference and you know it's scent you know we've talked about this before but even something like that you know you're just because you know you're not going to eliminate everything, you know, and that's that's hunting. You know, I mean, right. if if you really were able to eliminate everything, you know, then it ceases to really be a challenge. And a huge part of why guys and girls go out and do it is because of the challenge. So as much as we are in favor of technology and and these new things that are on the market and all that type of good stuff. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you, you still relish the challenge. So, you know, and that's, and that's something that I think all good hunters and fishers, you know, enjoy because they understand that's without challenge, there's no growth, you know? So if it was yeah. easy, everyone would do it and everyone would be getting big bucks and, and be harvesting animals all the time. And the, you know, the, the reality is even the best and, and most successful hunters out there they'd be the first to say, you know what, I've had a lot of misses. I've had a lot of failures, all that. Those are just, you know, I heard something today about, uh, I just saw something on social media in passing that was saying, uh, talking about failing forward. And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, you can fail and you can be really down on yourself or you can fail forward in the sense of every time you fail, it's an opportunity to learn. And that's yeah. a gift. You know, and so yep. it, I think it's the same thing in, in hunting and, and fishing in the outdoors. You know, you're going to make those mistakes. You're going to have errors. You're going to, you know, be heartbroken sometimes. But you know what? If you respond to it the right way, you learn from it and you grow for next time. And and you know what? That's the great thing about what we're talking about. You know, if you're if you're putting yourself in a situation where you're out there, you're going to have more opportunities. You know, it's just a matter of time. So it goes back to that preparedness, what we've been talking about and different things. So, I mean, it's it's, you know. It all comes full circle, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a that's a great perspective to have on it. And so, anyways, I think, yeah, with what you're saying, you know, we we got to do what we can. That we, and we've heard this in other episodes. Um, the episode with uh, Cole Young, episode sixteen. Yes, uh, he was talking about there's some things we can control, like shooting our bow, you know, yeah, or, or yeah. even shooting your gun or your muzzle loader. There's things yep. that we can control within what goes towards being successful. And then there's things that we can't control. And so the things that we can't control, you know, we try to, we try to work around that, but the things that yeah. we can't control, we should do our best if we really want to advance. And, yeah. and so I think that, that taking those steps in our, you know, like changing up our axis and, and working and yep. improving our scent control game. You know, all those things are things that we can do to um, uh, just 
take it that next step farther, which is the yes. whole theme of tonight's episode, taking it to the next level. So what does that mean to you, Brandon, taking it to the next level? Well, I, I think I think it, it means it can mean something specific for each individual. You know, I think it means that you're pursuing the knowledge and the understanding to grow. You know, ultimately it means growth, you know, and ultimately that's what we're all about is, you know, this season, if we're if we if we know more this season than we did last season, if we're expanding our horizons, if we're expanding our comfort zone, you know, then then that's what we really mean about taking it to the next level. You know, it's not necessarily about traveling around the world doing a hunt. It's not, you know, about getting the biggest buck you could ever get. You know, it's just about growing as a hunter and as an outdoorsman. And so that when we say that, that's really what we're talking about. Yeah, I full heartedly agree with that. You you uh, put it perfectly there, I think. So let's just kind of um, maybe start this way. Uh, our listeners, if, you, if you've listened up through um, all the episodes to this point, you already know mm-hmm. us. You know us well, which yep. is, which is uh, um, probably a scary thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sticking around. Yeah, uh, right. but so you know, Brandon's been hunting for over thirty years now, and I've been hunting. This will be my sixth. I guess it's officially my sixth hunting season. I've already yeah. gone out a few times this year. So, at what point? I, this is what I want to hit. At what point did we start deciding? Hey, you know what? I like hunting, but I'm ready to like really get going with it you know like take it up yeah just just kick it up a notch Mm -hmm. at what point uh did you kind of start doing that do you remember like maybe a rough point in life or yeah not like not like a rough time in your life but like (laughs) like an estimate of a a time (laughs) in your life yeah no i mean for me it was it was pretty early on you know right you know when i was about 13 um, and for me, you know, it kind of coincided with when I was growing up, you know, early on my, uh, my family really, really didn't have private pieces of land to hunt. You know, we're blessed sure. in Delaware with a lot of state land, but you know, I, I was, you know, process of learning a lot of that from my dad and, you know, he like me now, you know, he had a crazy work schedule, um, and, you know, just really didn't have a lot of time to put into it. So growing up, I would go in the deer stand with him, you know, from the time I was super little. Um, but in terms of like really falling in love with it, you know, really didn't happen until I was about 13 because it was about at that time that we were able to start leasing some private land. Um, and so that gave us the ability to, you know, especially if you're a, a parent and you're taking kids out, you know, it's a safer atmosphere. Um, you know, you're of course going to more than likely have a better opportunity at, at seeing, um, deer, you know, not just big bucks, but deer in general. Um, and so it was right around that time for me that, that, you know, that my horizon started expanding in terms of like really falling in love with it. And I think one thing that I've seen about myself over the years is when I was, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, I mean, I hunted, I hunted just about everything. I, I mean, you know, if it, if it moved and it was legal season, you know, I hunted it because I had a lot of time, you know, when I was, you know, when I was 15, 16, 17 sure. and, you know, able to drive, you know, I was able to go up and do a lot of hunts myself to the, you know, go up to the property 
And, um, you know, as I've gotten older and, and kind of it's gone the reverse way in terms of the available time, I've kind of started to really specialize in, in one or two things. And I think, you know, everyone's a little different, you know, in that as much as I would love to be able to do some of those other things. And I kind of want to make it my goal to do that. You know, we're all limited by time. So, you know, that's kind of one of the right. things that, you know, you just look at it as a reality in life and what you want to focus on. And, you know, so I would, I would say for me, it was right around the time when I was 13, which was paired with when we were able to actually get some private land to hunt ourselves. How about on your side of things, you know, just in terms of have, has it been like just even in the last, you know, six years now, was it like year one? It was like, oh my goodness, I'm just falling in love with this. I can just see, see out the, the flame burning or did it, was, was it a couple years in for you? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I've kind of talked about it, and I, I just mentioned this. Everyone probably knows my, that's tuning in now, probably knows my bio by this point. If not, definitely go back to, to those early episodes and even go to my website, firstgenhunter.com, and you'll see on the, the about part of the page, you'll see kind of that bio. But, you know, I always had that passion to go. So yeah. from the moment that I went for the first time, I knew it wasn't going to be my last. You know what I mean? Right. It's like I... I, uh, man, I used to like look online at back when I knew nothing about hunting. I'd look, yeah. on, I'd look online years before I even owned a gun just at, and I wasn't like, you know, looking up just like fun to own guns. I was looking up guns yeah. to, that I could hunt with and stuff right. like that, you know, or I'd pour over a Cabela's catalog as a kid yeah. and, oh, yeah. and, uh, you know, just trying to figure out all the archery equipment and all the different again all the firearm side of it and, yeah and so when i finally got a gun it was basically the it would have been at like the end of the hunting season so it was too late to hunt for yeah. the year that i that i got the gun but then i was like all right this coming fall i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna pheasant hunt with my bird dog theo mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um uh who the listeners may hear in the background at the beginning of this episode <laughs> wrestling around with my other bird dog Tess but um <laughs> I took him out and uh I mean he was he was just a pup then neither one of us knew what we were doing uh, but he probably had a better idea than I did and, and uh <laughs> and um we went out with my grandfather and uh I got a shot off at a Mm. at a rooster that I flushed, but you know, I was so clumsy with getting the safety off and getting the sure. gun shouldered and stuff. And I should say I had done quite a bit of clay pigeon shooting up to this point, but so, I mean, it wasn't like I didn't know what I was doing at all, but yeah, but, uh, definitely not on the hunting side of it. And so, but right. just seeing that pheasant flush away from me, yeah, missing the shot, knowing that I wasn't going to get a pheasant that day mm -hmm. and knowing that that was probably my, my, one of my only opportunities to hunt that year. Yeah. It was kind of a, it, you know, you feel kind of down, but at the same time, it just made me more hungry, I guess. You know what I mean? It, right. Like, yeah. It was like, I'm going to get a pheasant. One of these yeah. days I am going to get a pheasant. And yep. what actually ended up happening was I went deer hunting that same year. I saw this absolute like giant uh, mm. that that day that I was hunting that very day, the very first day I went hunting, I saw this giant double drop tine uh, buck. And, oh, man. and uh, he was just kind of lurking through the, 
field. It was, I think it was uh, um, Veterans Day. And uh, (laughs) that shows you how much of a non, you know, like how much I I didn't know anything about hunting. Here I am hunting (laughs) pheasants at the peak of the rut. And I got this giant, giant, like anybody in the world would want him double yeah double drop buck walking out there in the, the field and um uh so was, after seeing him it's like you know what i'm gonna try and shotgun hunt for deer this year because at that time i was a if you wanted a gun hunt it was muzzleloader hand handgun or or shotgun and so uh i had my smooth bore 12 gauge that i used for mm-hmm. i used mm-hmm. for pheasants and i just bought some rifled slugs and uh you know i went out and hunted right around that same area and yeah um i uh i didn't get anything and um the whole time i was like you know i was i sat there for a few hours i had no idea what i was doing i was hearing all these it was kind of like your situation you just talked about with your neighbor you know lighting it up yes. with uh, <laughs> i heard all this shooting yes, all right. around i was like is it somebody really shoot are all these people shooting deer and i'm just seeing absolutely nothing how can this be you know that kind of thing and then right. so i yeah. i bail on it and i get up and i'm starting to hike around trying to just kick up a deer or run run into yeah. one or whatever and right, while right. i'm doing this i'm flushing pheasants left and right man (laughs) they're just they're just popping and uh um so i'm like you know what forget this i'm gonna get a pheasant today and so that was i guess that's one benefit you know to having to hunt with a shotgun is yeah right you want to do the switch you can so i i slap in a uh pheasant loader too into my magazine and you know i'm starting to walk around looking for them and then of course I run into about four does uh, that were oh. at like 20 yards. And uh, oh, they're just goodness. like watching me fumble with trying to eject these uh, these uh, yeah. pheasant loads out of the gun. And and uh, I take a shot and miss with a slug. And, and uh, you know, just like <laughs> the, the, kind of those two comical stories of just yeah. My, yeah. my newness to hunting at that time. Mm-hmm. And, I was doing mm-hmm. everything wrong, you know, and, and, um, it just made me, I guess, more hungry though, because I knew yeah. I was doing everything wrong. And yet I knew right. that there were people out there that were figuring it out and that were successful. And that when they did, when they did show up to hunt, there was a good chance they were going to bag something. And, yeah, and I was like, you know, what? I just want to get closer to where those people are at. And so, I just, you know, I, I poured a lot of time before the next hunting season. I started listening to hunting podcasts. I hadn't yep. done that before. Started following more hunting pages on social media. Started mm-hmm. reading a lot more mm-hmm. articles. Started reading uh, more magazine articles. Started reading even uh, books on wildlife and stuff. And, and uh, yep. you know, just really trying to get to know hunting better. And... So yeah. I guess I could say right from the right from the get go, you know, it was like I knew I needed to go, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. And I, right. I really, I mean, you know, I everyone that I knew who was into hunting, it's no fault of theirs by any means. It's not their responsibility, you know, to to take me hunting or whatever when I was in that in that phase. But but they all had, you yeah. know. 
they had their work schedules and they had their time off when they could hunt, when they couldn't hunt. And so it, yep. even though I knew people that could hunt and I could like call them and text them for advice and stuff, you know, I was, I was on my own from the, from the get go, other than my grandpa right. helping me a little bit with the pheasant hunting, but, but even there he hadn't done a ton of pheasant hunting, but he definitely knew, yeah. you know, kind of where to, where to point me in the right direction and stuff, which was, which was a lot of sure. fun. And we have some great memories, pheasant hunting together. And, but as, yeah, especially on the deer hunting side, it, it, um, just like right away, you know, I was, I was figuring it out on my own, but then thankfully the next, the next season, a friend of mine who I've mentioned before, he's actually in, uh, my, uh, first gen in the hunter or first gen in the hunter. Wow. I'm getting tired, man. All this driving around today, uh, first <laughs> right. in the panic attack at before seven 30 in the morning. Um, <laughs> <You're right. laughs> but, uh, the, the friend of mine who's in a first gen hunter in the field, the vlog series yeah. that I have going episode three, helping me sight in mm-hmm. my, uh, guns. Uh, for deer season, um, Kevin, great guy. He, uh, he took me under his, his wing the next year. And I remember going into that season, just thinking, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to take full advantage of Kevin helping me and I'm just going to yeah. do what it takes to, he put me on a great property already had, you know, like a permanent, uh, uh, elevated stand like box blind you know i mean it was a homemade thing but it was up on telephone nice. poles and oh wow you know, i mean a nice thing you know this property was mm-hmm. managed well to to facilitate deer traffic you know had a lot of travel yeah. travel lanes mowed in through the timber and and mm-hmm. ag all around and everything i mean it's just it was a great place to hunt and i and i i i knew enough to expect that and right. um Kevin even took me out to that property like three months before we were going to hunt it. And we started sighting it. Right. You know, we started to, uh, he, yep, he preparing. T- yep. So we had a big target, you know, that, that we spray painted a big circle on so I could throw my rifled slugs at it and found out that it, yep. you know, when you're using rifled slugs in a smooth bore, anything can happen. Right. But, but I found, <laughs> I found it that it was, um, hitting consistently like 10 inches up and to the left. (laughs) 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 So I was like, all right, that's my shot. I just got to aim. I just got to aim down and to the right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, depending on what way the deer is standing, you know, Hey, it could be a perfect headshot. You're aiming at the, uh, you're aiming at the, uh, at the heart and it could be a perfect headshot. So there you go. (laughs) That's right, man. Well, that's pretty much Uh what ended up happening. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so what happened was, um, we, we went through that day of like sighting in and everything. And I, and I just kind of was learning the property and, and, and I was learning, wow, there's a lot more to this than just showing up in what you perceive yeah. to be a good spot on a field edge. Right. And so it got yeah. me at that moment, taking that next step. You know what I mean? Like I was, yeah. I was officially on. I was officially taking care of my plan from last year, which was just get better. And, and, um, I remember telling, uh, my, my best friend Weston, we're like calling him like the day before I was going to go hunting. And I was like, you know what, Weston, I'm just going to go with the, 
if it's brown, it's down. <laughs> Philosophy <laughs> this year. I just really want to get something, you know, after missing yeah. missing yeah. the pheasant mm-hmm. and and missing yep. that doe that I had a chance yeah, on. Understandable. It was like I just need to get something under my belt. And yeah, actually, you know, I kind of skipped over something here. I get so focused on deer hunting, but I had bagged yeah. a pheasant back at the yeah. end of October. Um okay. with Theo. Theo locked in on him, you know. Basically, you yep. didn't point on him, but he was, he was like locked in on him, you know, posture and everything, sunken shoulders. Yep. And I mean, it's a thing of beauty and uh flush this, this pheasant took me about three shells to finally hit him. But I was like, when that pheasant <laughs> flushed, I was like, I am not missing this bird. And sure yeah, enough, yeah. I, I brought him down. And so nice. that was, that would have been in October. And then in December is when I went on this deer hunt and I think that little boost of confidence of getting my first animal, which just meant the world to me, man. I was, I was so happy to have that pheasant. And and Weston was with me on that one. He got this awesome picture of me and Theo there. And it's one of my all time favorite pictures of, uh, from when I've, when I've been hunting and yeah. And so, um, that, you know, just kind of set that trajectory even even better, you know, because now I had confidence behind yeah. it a little bit. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. yep. so I remember telling that to Weston, you know, I'm going in, it's brown, it's down. And, you know, we're sitting there for, you know, how it is uh, those hours in the in the cold. You know, it was, it was a really cold December day. And, um, oh, yeah. Um, you know, I didn't have warm enough boots. I didn't have, yep. I didn't have, uh, my feet, I have, my feet have never been as cold as what they were that, that day. And, um, <laughs> I know just still learning and stuff, but, but, yeah. uh, sure enough, you know, we were just about ready to head in for like, uh, you know, the first break of the day, get something to eat and, yep. and out come this trail of does just like the year before, you know? Yes. And it's like, I am not missing again. And I, so I did my whole, uh, aim, aim low and to the right to compensate. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it was probably about a 70 yard shot or something. And, uh, yeah, I smoked a doe right through the, right through the neck. And, uh, oh, it, man. it ended up, it ended up being a pretty incredible shot with that smooth bore with the rifle yeah. slug and it dropped her within, you know, she was dead within 90 seconds, you know, it was a, a jugular yeah. shot or something. And, and, yeah. um, you know, it was like at that moment, it confirmed to me. And of course, I can't downplay the help that Kevin Phelps, uh, my, my friend Kevin Phelps, I can't downplay the yeah. the help that he he gave me that day. And even some of the other, there were some other hunter friends of his that I didn't know until that day who, man, they came, they helped me gut the deer. They, they yeah. were, they were so, so happy for me, you know, and yes. it, it, being around those guys who just do it right. And yeah, and uh, so if by any chance, uh, Corey and Corey, both named Corey, if you guys are listening yeah. to this, you know, I've I've not forgotten your uh, contribution to that moment, that really monumental nice. moment in my life. But but um, yes, yeah, it was a special time, and and uh, since then, you know, it was like, all right, I I love hunting now. You know, it, before then, it was yes. kind of like hunting and fishing. Yeah, I love them both. You know, now it's yeah. like. What what was it that Alex Gruen just said in the episode we did with him? He calls says fishing is the gateway drug to hunting. <laughs> yes, yes, that's very that's much so how too. fishing is for yeah. me now. I love yes. fishing, but yes, but hunting is what what uh, makes my clock tick, man. It's yeah, it's uh, yep. 
it's a special thing. But yeah, so that's kind of a long answer, I know, but that that uh hey, that is really kind of how I it just it just started to uh really develop and roll into this yeah. this desire to keep pushing, man. But well, and every, I mean, every, and that's the cool thing. Everyone has a different journey, you know, and it's really cool to, you know, you mentioned Corey and Corey and, and obviously other people, and, and I can reflect on the same in my life. You know, everyone has a different journey um, to the outdoors and it's, yes. it's not, you know, even for those who are first gen hunters, um, it's usually not by yourself because, you know, the, the, the ability to have help, ask for help or better yet, someone offer to help. Wow, for people to be a part of your journey to whether it's helping you have a place to hunt, whether it's helping you gut a deer for the first time, whether it's taking you out pheasant hunting, dove hunting, you know, whatever, it's it's a team effort. And we've talked about that many times, you know, it amplifies the enjoyment of things. And so it's cool to be a part of someone's outdoor journey and be, being able to reflect just hearing your story. You know, it's every everyone's journey is different and it's fun to hear everyone's journey and and what we take from it is that it's unique and it's that it's special you know and yeah and it just wants us it kind of helps us want to replicate that in you know whether it's the life of our lives of our kids or people we know or people we don't know you know we want more people to get into it and, and have that same level of enjoyment and have their own story their own adventure like we've talked about many times yeah yeah definitely which i think everything you just said there kind of launches us into this this way of kind of wrapping up this first point that we wanted to hit, which yeah, when should a hunter seek to do what, you know, you and I talked about where we were just wanting to take it to the next level and just had that natural. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, I also had this part in here, but I think we've kind of both addressed that as well. Sometimes mm -hmm. that might mean you want to advance, but the people that you have been enjoying whatever level of hunting you've been doing with, they may yeah. not view it that same way. They might, I mean, right. they like hunting. They might even love hunting, but they yeah. might not be as passionate about it as what we are. And right. that's okay. You know what I mean? My, yeah. my, yeah. my brother-in-law, Ben is a, a, perfect example of this ben is passionate about fishing that guy loves to fish and he's yeah. good at fishing yeah and mm -hmm. and he likes hunting and uh yeah he uh he i think he may have even gone hunting before i ever did well maybe deer hunting before i ever did or something yeah. like that i think i had maybe gone pheasant hunting before that but he um he he kind of got he's definitely a first gen hunter and and uh but he he enjoys it when he can, but he'll go yeah. a, a season or two where he might not get out at all, but right. and that's totally okay. And so if sure. somebody is, somebody's in that boat and they're like, you know, maybe I don't really want to do something differently, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with how things are perfect. Don't change. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Enjoy what, enjoy what, what it is. But certainly yeah. for somebody who maybe is like, you and me who hunting is something we are very passionate about and yeah. um it's just it's the thing that we we look forward to all year long yep i would say the the time to start start looking to tick it up a notch is now <laughs> you know it's yeah. Yeah. it's now and we can't hunt our entire lives in a way that aggressively 
pursues goals. You know what I mean? Right. The clock is yeah, already right. ticking on that, so to speak. You and I have had this conversation about how yeah. we want to do an elk hunt together. And yes. and um, we keep joking, you know, well, we're not getting any, we're not getting any younger. And it's true. Right. It's true. You know, when yeah, you're, when you're mm-hmm. 75 years old, I'm not saying you can't hunt elk, but the kind of elk hunting that you're limited to at that point is one that doesn't allow you to hike miles into the backcountry like our buddies uh eric and ben from fly true productions yes. are hey they're on their right. way right now and uh yeah um uh you know that and they talked about that too you're not getting any younger you gotta do it now and and yeah. so t- deciding to take to elevate our our hunting whatever if it's one species or just hunting in general the time is yeah. now wouldn't you agree Caribou, elk, moose, antelope, coos deer, trophy whitetails, oryx, sika deer, doll sheep, and mule deer. What do all these critters have in common besides their delicious backstraps? They can't all be hunted in the same state, meaning that at least one of these game species will require you to purchase a non-resident hunting license and tag in order to hunt them. Now the rules of the tag application game are wildly diverse from state to state. And if you are looking to complete a bucket list hunt, you are going to want some help to make sure you are setting yourself up for the best opportunity possible. And that's where tag application and hunt planning agent Alex Gruen of East to West Hunts can really help you out. If you've listened to any of the episodes we've had here on the First Gen Hunter podcast with our buddy Alex, then you know there isn't anyone who cares more about the details of tag acquisition than him. Alex not only will help you through the hoops of the tag application process, but he will also help you plan the details of your trip that will get you where you need to be in order to have your best chance at filling your tag. And he is offering a 10% discount for First Gen Hunter podcast listeners such as yourself. All you have to do is purchase a service through his website, alexgruen.com. That's A-L-E-X-G-R-U-I-N.com and use the code FIRSTGEN10 at checkout. F-I-R-S-T-G-E-N, the number 10, and you will receive 10% off the hunt of your lifetime. Totally agree. Uh, And, you know, I I think you made a great point about how sometimes the people that we do it with maybe aren't on the same page. And so sometimes just being able to share knowledge as you grow as a as a hunter is a big deal. I mean, maybe it's something like, you know what, I've had the mentality of it's brown, it's down. You know, maybe that's Mm -hmm. the mentality. And you know what, I think that's a reasonable mentality, especially when you first start out hunting from the standpoint of, 
you know, you, you want to get a deer or two under your belt. You want to, you know, you want to, you know, do some small game hunting. You want to, you just want to get out there and enjoy it. And, and let's face it, you know, yes, uh, you know, being in the outdoors is enjoyable, especially when you're a seasoned outdoorsman. Um, but early on, you know, you really want to have some success. It's no different than taking a kid fishing. You know, you're right. not going to take a kid on a deep sea trip where you've got a 5% chance to catch a tuna. You're going to take them out bluegill fishing where they can catch some fish so i mean it's the same premise and so you know but maybe you know a few years in you're like you know what i'm really kind of interested in quality deer management you know yeah. and you know maybe you've got a friend that you know what i'm this browns down man i mean that's that's my mentality you know what i mean you know the opportunity to grow and maybe forge some new relationships or encourage that individual to grow with you while respecting that hey if you're doing it legally and ethically and all that hey that's that's awesome i mean you you do you that's great there's room for for everyone and and you know what they want to do on that side of things um but if you want to grow and you want to advance as a hunter which i think a lot of people do, and and it doesn't necessarily mean that you that you have to do something crazy. You know, you don't have to travel to Alaska to grow <laughs> as a as a hunter. Although that you know, hey, that might be where you're at. You know, as a hunter, you know, man, I've I've had a lot of great opportunities, man. That my next step is Alaska. You know, or it might be, you know, what my next step is. I've really been focusing on this one type of hunting, man. I really want to go get into this other type of hunting. You know, I, man, I really have enjoyed gun hunting. I want to get into the archery side of things. You know, it yeah. could look very different for a lot of people, which which just is indicative of just what we talked about, the journey and how everyone's journey is a little different. And the growth for everyone looks a little different because we're all in a different place. Right, right. So let's, man, those are such good points there that you made. There, that it is, it is different for everyone, and there, there's different. Yeah, there's different. So many different ways we can do that. Yeah, that's that, very well said. Um, yeah, let, let's kind of start fleshing that out then a little bit. Let's let's maybe create a good common starting point for yeah for people that are looking to start uh, start up in the ante. Um, I think it kind of begins by identifying what is that species that you really want to, uh, start, start improving with. Um, not that it can't be multiple, but I think it's probably good to, and, and I'll be honest, you know, for me, it was definitely, I want to be better at pheasant hunting and deer hunting, you know, when, when I was starting out, but, I feel like I've begun to really focus, become hyper-focused on becoming a better deer hunter. Is there a species yeah. that you have have kind of really dialed in on specifically as what it is you really want to improve on or, or get better at each and yeah. every year? Well, you know, when I was, a, I mean, I kind of reflect on this from when I was young and now as older. When I was young, like my favorite type of hunting was squirrel hunting. Mm. I mean, I loved to go squirrel hunting. I became really good at it. And I mean, this is when I was a teenager. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember having seasons where, I mean, I just stacked them up. I mean, I just enjoyed it. I studied it. I, you know, I was, I mean, I even got to the point where I could call them. I mean, it was, it wow. was pretty cool. That's cool. Um, 
it was it was really neat. You know, my brother and I, we would go out, we would do different sets. We would, you know, I mean, it was, we really had some, you know, I wish we were more adept to, at the time, doing video because we, you know, we had so many cool experiences with that. Yeah. Uh, there was a time where I was really into goose hunting. There was a time where I was really into dove hunting, you know, mm-hmm. and, and growing up, what we had going for us on the small game side of things is growing up, you know, we grew up with, you know, nothing but fields around sure. us. Um, and nothing but hedgerows. So, I mean, it was, it was rabbit, it was squirrel, it was dove, it was geese. I mean, and so it, that was kind of the natural taking to it because while we didn't have, um, while we didn't have our own land around us growing up, we did, we did have access to just open field and just the ability to go out the back door and do some dove hunting. Sure. Uh, but as I've gotten older, you know, especially later teen years and college years, and then beyond, you know, it's definitely been the the deer hunting side of things, which, you know, is is kind of cliche in a sense. But, you know, deer hunting brings so many facets of challenge, yeah. um, you know, and and it and it it is a natural progression, I think, because the the small game side of things is kind of like a young man's game. Not that not that you can't enjoy it when you're older, but you know, it's in in some respects more demanding um, versus definitely. you know. You know, versus uh, kind of the as you mature, you're going after larger game, more demanding in different ways, um, but also more challenging, harder. Um, you know, whereas you know, with with a, a you know a, a dove hunt, boy, if you're set up um, in a in a key area over a sunflower patch, I mean, you're you're probably going to have a chance to to line them up and and do well. Deer are a little different, you know, yeah. and, and not that they can't be patterned, but a little different. And so that's kind of been my take on it. And just, you know, I, I remember even a couple of years ago, I really wanted to make it my goal. You know, this year I am really going to work hard on getting great trail cam pictures. You know, for me, that was that that just is a small example of like, OK, this is an area where I really want to grow in. You know, right. I'm, I'm shooting some nice deer. Uh, you know, I'm enjoying that, but man, I really want to be able to inventory them better. I want to be able to track them better. I want to, I want to enjoy that part of the story more. Um, and so for me, a couple years ago, that was my goal. So I started researching, you know, Hey, what's the best way to hang cameras? What's the best, you know, thing to put out in order to promote pictures of, of the deer on your property? Um, you know, after you get it out of that summer pattern, what's the best way to get, you know, continue to get pictures as you get into pre-rut and rut and post-rut? What's, you know, what's the best way to, you know, get January pictures, you know, and, and over the last couple of years, I've become really good at, you know, getting thousands of pictures of, of the deer herd on my property. And so that's been, it's cool to see when you have a goal, you know, when you have a goal and you, and you really have a desire to make it happen, it's going to happen. You know, you know, things don't happen by accident. If you're passionate about it and you have a clear goal, you have every ability to make that happen. And so that's just a small example of something that I've thought, man, that's, that's something I really want to get better in. And Praise the good Lord. He allowed me to to do that. So, you know, it, it can look a lot of different ways for other hunters, you know, and we've talked about this, you know, how can we, how can we improve? I mean, obviously the ability to, you know, encourage communication, the brotherhood, the sisterhood, you know, that's huge, right. you know, and so trying to promote that side of things of not being afraid to ask for help. We've talked about this a lot. You know, if you're a first gen hunter, don't be afraid to ask for help. If you're a seasoned hunter, be willing to share 
your help, you know, be, be willing. Cause it means very easy to be to yourself. You know, um, you know, I'm, it's another hunting season. I'm going to, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to work to get this deer. I'm going to, you know, and, uh, you know, honestly, I think when you look at someone and their, you know, their, their wall, you know, their trophy wall, you know, I think, I think it's, it's impressive. Of course, if you see someone with a ton of deer heads on the wall, right. I think what's more impressive though, is someone who is genuinely seeking to teach others about hunting. Um, because it's, it's, uh, it's not easy to get trophies by any sense, by any means at all. For but, sure. you know, you go out there, you pattern them and you take a trophy. It's a lot harder to disciple someone into loving the outdoors and, you know, being with them for their first year, helping them, you know, clean an animal. Yeah helping them get it processed. You know, there's a lot that goes into that, but that is one of the most rewarding things. And so the question that we all have to ask ourselves is if we're a seasoned hunter, are we, are we purposefully pouring ourselves into someone? And it doesn't mean that you have to, that's what, you know, you've got to take away your entire season and do it, but are you at least taking some time to impart some wisdom to younger or, or the newer hunters? Um, and then if you're new to hunting, what are you doing to network? What are you doing to ask for help? What are you yeah. doing to kind of help yourself access some of this information from more seasoned people, you know? Yep. Yeah, those are those are all great points. And when we when we do look at it in all those different those different ways when we start to focus on that species and and uh you know like you started mentioning how you got in on the trail cam side of it and yeah and um you know you kind of even changed from species to species along the way yeah. and you brought in your brother along with that and you know it just mm -hmm. makes me think of the ways that we can we can bring people along kind of like you were mentioning with with just yeah. helping create new hunters, include them in, yeah. in those, including them in those different phases can go a long yeah. way to not only uh, helping them maybe decide to hunt for the first time, but right. helps them become proficient enough at hunting themselves that they're going to stick it out for the long run, you know, and that's right. And they can, they can uh, lead to, <laughs> you know, more hunters in of themselves, just, just yeah. uh, helping bring others along with them. So that's right. Yeah. Those were, those were fantastic points. And, you know, let's just kind of focus on that right now for, for, uh, some of the things that we could do to, um, elevate our goals or, or increase our preparation. And I think it starts right away with scouting. And, yeah. um, I think that's something that a lot of us almost feel guilty about when we're casually hunting. We know yeah. in the back of our minds, we're like, I know I should be, I know I should be scouting more, you know, and, yeah. and we, we feel like, um, we're letting ourselves down almost because we aren't scouting as much as we should. And, um, I don't know that we necessarily need to feel that way, but I think it probably yeah. does reveal a little bit about what we want and how much effort we're putting in towards getting what we're wanting to accomplish. And, and when we have those feelings of like, oh, I'm underprepared, then that probably tells us that we might be saying we want one thing, but our our preparation's not lining up. And well said. And 
what does that mean? Well, something we got to bring along in this too is, you know, Brandon and I, we're both family guys. We got, we got young kids, yep. we got, uh, you know, wives and, and, um, you know, other obligations outside of that. We both go to church. We both have busy jobs. Yep. And so you got to draw the line to where you're not going to get carried away with this. But yeah. at the same time, it might mean, well, that's less time I'm going to be watching TV this these next three months of prep, right. prep time. My downtime right. that I have is going to be maybe putting in a food plot. Maybe it's going to be yep. spent um, running trail cameras like crazy and, and getting them in better spots. Maybe it's going to be spent um, hanging tree stands or cutting shooting lanes or Maybe it's spent getting another, picking up some odd jobs to earn some cash to buy tags to go hunt in another state or or um, yeah. buy new stands so that you can more effectively hunt the farm that you have access to. Whatever it is, yeah, you, you kind of have to make that time priority. Not even kind of, you do. You do have to, yeah. and that financial priority to some extent as well, you yeah. know, might yeah. mean hey, we're not going to eat out as much because I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna try and put my money towards this or I'm not going to get a pop from the gas station every time I fill up or I'm not going to I'm not going to buy coffee from McDonald's on my way into work every day. I'm going to brew my own at home or whatever, you know, and yeah, it, it, it means we got to we got to really buy in with seeing those goals through. And so. That's one way that I've really this this past off season I've taken it to I mean I've been in the trail camera game since the I think it was going into the 2018 season maybe maybe even, yeah. maybe in the 2017 season I had some cams out I can't remember now but but um I've been doing trail cameras for at least a handful of years now. Yeah. But this was the first year where I was really trying to look at the sign. When I was shed hunting, yeah. I was trying to look at it from the sense of not just scouring all the ground until I see some, uh, see a glimpse of an antler. Trying to mm -hmm. put the pieces together as far as, okay, why would I find an antler here? Why, how are the deer using this landscape? How are they, right. you know, just, mm -hmm. just putting all those pieces together and, you know, it's already paid off with, with seeing deer and so forth. But, but I, I think it's going to pay off with, with having more quality sits, you know, and, yeah, right. and uh, being, being around deer when, when I'm hunting and, you know, that's an episode I want to have on here eventually is how do you get close to deer? I want to bring in an mm. <laughs> expert bow hunter to, to just kind yeah. of tell us how do they get close to deer on a regular basis? And so, yeah, you know, again, the research and the scouting, they just really go, they really go into reaching these goals. So, and then of course, yeah. as I said, and Brandon has said many times, we gotta, we gotta balance the family time and yeah. scouting time and work time and all that other stuff time. You know, it's gotta, you can't, you can't become so obsessive to where you're neglecting other things, but. That's right. But um, you mentioned this one. Which I think yeah. is, it's a big part of what my hunting season is this year. New methods of take. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It could be as simple as that, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, when you when you really consider, you know, like I, I went through that last year from the standpoint of, you know, say you mentioned this a little ago, you know, Delaware for the longest time, you, know, you cannot hunt with, with rifles. Um, and you know, it was, it was shotgun, you know, it was handgun, mm-hmm. it was bow, whatever. And then last year, you know, I had the chance through Delaware legalizing the straight wall cartridge, you know, essentially rifles, you know, miniature rifles, yeah. you could almost call them. Um, and you know, I was blessed to be able to really enjoy that last year, you know, finally have a weapon that could actually reach out, you know, yeah. and, and really hit something at a long distance. Um, and I'd really never been able to, I'd really never had the opportunity to hunt with a weapon like that before. And so the, so, so fun, what a fun gun to shoot, really enjoyed it. was able to set aside some time to really practice with it and really got comfortable with it and was able to take, you know, one of my biggest bucks to date with it, you know, which was amazing, you know, and so the, just the chance to expand on the weapons that you use, um, and to be able to be versatile, you know, to, to be able to, to be able to have enough knowledge to be able to pick up a gun and say, you know, today I'm going to go turkey hunting and tomorrow I'm going to go dove hunting. And the following day I'm going to go deer hunting, you know, to be able to have an arsenal of weapons and to be able to have the knowledge to do that, that's powerful. And, you know, and so it's good to, you know, like I, I make it an effort every year to try to do some squirrel hunting. You know, I do it partly because, um, of the memories, you know, to, to relive those memories, but I do it partially, partly too, to just kind of stay sharp with those things. And so you don't have to, you know, as you get older and, and as we're talking about, you know, families and, and balance and all that, you know, it is going to be more realistic to focus on one species, you know, just with the balancing act that it is. But I would encourage everyone, to, you know, listening where possible, take take a hunt or two out of the year to do something that maybe you've done in years past or maybe you're kind of wanting to stay sharp on. So, it, you know, keep up with it. Um, it expands your horizon as a hunter. It keeps you growing. Um, and you know what, at the end of the day, the reason, the main reason that I hunt, um, is because I love the hunt, the, the memories that are made through hunting. You know, do I, do I love deer meat? I absolutely love deer meat. We eat deer meat all winter. Mm-hmm. Um, do I, do I enjoy being in the outdoors? Absolutely love being in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing every time. Um, but for me, um, the main reason that I love it is because, and the main reason I invest money and time is because of the true intangible of those memories yes and you know be because they're tied to memories and memories are always made better when you share them with people um the ability to share that with family and friends and to take that you know up a step further to be able to actually encourage other people to get into it and then help them you can just see how that amplifies those memories and then when someone you know gets something boy you know you're more excited than they are for it because you know you 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 know what goes into it you know the challenge that it is and to see someone have success especially earlier in their hunting career um man you can just you can almost see that 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 glistening that glisten in their eye like wow i'm hooked and i mean to see that actually happen and the memories that transpire with all that that's my main reason for doing it and so um i think you know while that's not necessarily everyone's main 
reason why they do it. I think the older that you get and the more mature you get as a hunter, that starts to transition into the main reason why you do it. Um, and so it's cool to see, we've talked about this before, how you grow and mature as a, as a hunter, as a conservationist, as an outdoorsman or woman, you know, so it's cool to see that growth and it's cool to see how, you know, we, as people, as we grow and mature, you know, that translates into, our outdoorsmanship, yeah. you know, which is pretty neat. Yeah. I think you, I think you were right on the money with that. Yep. Yeah. So <clears throat> with that idea of improving our outdoor, our, our woodsmanship, maybe is how we should say it. Mm -hmm. I was actually mm -hmm. just listening to another podcast today. Um, yeah. uh, one that, that I've actually been interviewed on uh, a couple of times, nice. the Iowa sportsman's podcast. And I was listening to our good buddy Noel Gandy on there, and, nice. and they uh, they talked about that on the interview. Um, just how do we maintain some level of woodsmanship, or you know, yeah. like can we get to a point where we're we're making things almost too easy, or we're yeah. making things we're making things streamlined too much maybe was a better yeah. word for it i don't know where mm -hmm. we're mm -hmm. we're so and the conversation was cell cams which you know you know i'm in the, the cell cam game this year yeah which by the way yeah. that is like causing me stress lately <laughs> my my uh my original free uh like trial period or whatever for getting the yes. pictures sent to me ended and it's like no big deal it switches you over to the automatic the free version which is you're limited to 100 pictures well the first windy day came by and my 100 pictures like <laughs> so i was like no problem i know i can update anytime well since yeah. then I've updated my plan, but I've gotten no pictures sent. And so I'm thinking uh, like not even the wind, you know? So I'm yeah, wondering if right. it's like a combination of like my, my subscription ended and, and my yeah. cell signal isn't the greatest or whatever. But anyways, right. I'm also worried that someone just stole it or something, you know, but, right. but yeah. um, anyways, the, the point of all that is, you know, sometimes we we can almost get so involved in the gear or the the fancy gadgets like cell cams and whatnot that we we kind of almost forget to push ourselves in a way to where it's like we're getting away from that primitive side yes, of it, which I right. think is what holds us in, holds us in it and makes us so yeah. excited about it because we tap into that part of our nature that isn't really mm -hmm. ever tapped into any other time, but right, but. I mean, that that can also happen by, like we said, just trying a new weapon, you know, yeah. learning the skill of shooting a bow, learning the skill of of using a muzzleloader and stuff. You know, honestly, I bought a bow and I bought a muzzleloader simply so yep. I could hunt more. And yeah, and um, I think that might be another way where where. Um, you know, really experienced hunters, they can uh, almost, and again, I don't want to knock anybody that does this by any means. I never want to do that. Yeah. But but I think they can almost like, like miss out by not yeah. gun hunting or muzzleloader hunting. I mean, I know some of them, they'll actually just, they'll, they'll go out 
with their regular archery equipment during those seasons, which I think is, yeah, that's great. And that's super, sure. that's really sure. pushing yourself. But, but if you, if you don't have, if you're in a state where you're not allowed to do that or something, you know, by not going, you're just missing out being around the deer and learning what deer do. And I mean, trail cameras tell us some, you know, yeah, and maybe, um, seeing deer when we're driving down the road or whatever teaches us some, but I learned so much more about deer when I'm just sitting in a tree stand or, or ground blind or, Mm. you know, something like that. And, and so my, my suggestion there is look into those ways that gives you an excuse or an avenue to just be in the field more. And a lot of times that can come from just, you know, taking on a new, a new, uh, way of uh or a new a new method of take and and uh you'll just become a better hunter by by simply doing that but yeah yeah no i i I love what you're saying um because you know ultimately when you're when you're looking you know if you're looking for challenge and you're looking for growth you're going to seek those things you know and so the opportunity to to do you know some sometimes something super simple, you know, it could be something, it could be trail cam related. It could be, you know, it could be that you, you're just committed to spending more time in the woods. You know, yeah. I, I think you made, I think you made a great point just a second ago about, um, the double-edged sword of essentially technology and equipment and those things. Um, you know, and it's funny because, um, I'm not the type of person, you know, like me, myself, I'm not the type that has to have all the, I'm not a gadget guy. Right. Um, you know, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm a bare bones, like, you know, give me, give me a trail cam, give me a cell phone with, you know, my hunting property on it so I can, you know, mark out stands and then give me a weapon. You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of how I am. And that's kind of how I grew up. You know, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a toy lover. I'm not a gadget lover. I'm just an enjoyer of the outdoors. And I, and I think, I think, that's I think that is a really great way to get people into it as well because I think yes. I think sometimes it can be overwhelming with the technology. It can be it can make it seem very complex, very complicated. At the end of the day, we we are pursuing, you know, animals that the good Lord created and we are blessed to do that. And any time in the outdoors is is awesome time to learn. We've talked about this so much about every time you're out there, you learn. And if you find yourself spending more time on technology, um, which, you know, interestingly enough, you know, you're spending time in the outdoors, hopefully to spend less time on technology. Right. <laughs> um, if, if it results in you spending more time on technology and less time in the woods, well, then maybe, maybe you need to think about having that a little bit more balanced because true growth and knowledge doesn't primarily come from studying a smartphone or, or something like that. It comes from actually being out there and in it, watching deer activity, watching deer movement, assessing property, where you're going to hang a deer stand, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and, yes. the, and the list goes on. So the encouragement is just spend the time, you know, I mean, you're going to fall more and more in love with it. It's tough. We, we, you know, Kent and I understand that because we have families. Um, but the, the, the great thing too, is I want to encourage, you know, really everyone with this, as your family gets older, and this is tough, you know, right now I've got a six-year-old, I've got a four-year-old, I've got a one-year-old. It's tough when they're very young, but my encouragement to any of the young families out there, as your kids get a little older, 
incorporate your entire family as much as you can yeah. in it. You know, if you're going to go Great check tip. trail cams, take your, you know, take your son, take your daughter. Um, if you're going to, here, here's a great tip, you know, too. Um, you know, you have, you get a babysitter, um, for, for date nights, get a babysitter in the early season when it's, when the, before the time has changed and go out on a, on a deer hunt together in yeah. a double stand from five, five to eight o'clock or four to seven o'clock, you know, whatever. I mean, take that time to encourage family development within the context of the outdoors. Not only is it going to be really great for your kids, you know, once again, in this technological world, even kids are on phones, TVs, you know, way more than we ever even were growing up. And, and honestly, I remember watching a fair amount of TV growing up. Yeah. I mean, it does, it pales in comparison to what kids are doing now. And so the more that you can incorporate the family into things and not just think of, Hey, this is daddy's thing, or this is mommy's thing. You know, the more that you can incorporate the entire family into things, it's going to be good for everyone. It, it, it very much the same way that, wow, think about it like this, the family that eats together stays together, you know, is, is, is great yes. together, whatever. Well, how about the family that goes and pers- uh, pursues the meal that's going to be on the table for you to eat together, you know, is going to make them even stronger. Yes. And so that's, Honestly, that's one thing that I've seen because, you know, it's been very easy for me, especially while my kids have been very young to just go, go, go. I'm, I'm at, all right, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. But I'm really finding now, you know, my oldest is six and I've got a four year old and they're really wanting to go out. And I've been able to, I've been blessed to be able to take them out fishing. And I, this year I want to get them out at least for some tree stand, you know, deer stand time with dad a time or two, you know, just for an hour, you know, or two with what they can handle, um, here when they're young to just start to promote that, um, you know, because it's life is too short, you know, and, and while memories are important and, and harvesting a big buck can be amazing and all of that, man, if you can, if you can have that, that awesome thing in the context of something that's even more awesome, which is your family. Wow. I mean, you're combining two amazing things that just amplify both. Right. So that would be my encouragement to those young families out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great, great way to sum that all up, you know, just, uh, Mm -hmm. just to bring them along when you can. Yeah. And And I know you've, you know, like you just mentioned, you've, you've done that. And even hearing like that story, I can't remember what episode it was, but you talked about how you went downstairs and there's your son with a, with a, like a bunch <laughs> of your uh, turkey decoys and yes, yes. and uh, his toy gun or whatever. And he's pretending he's on a turkey hunt, you know, yep. just, just allowing them to be around it with us and mm-hmm. not being so greedy about everything. Don't touch my yeah. stuff. Don't, don't, uh, um, don't mess that up. Don't, don't be, uh, you know we need to find a babysitter for you, you know, that's yes, right. Right. When you start doing that, you're, you're just pushing them away. And then all of a sudden when that's they're, right. when they're 10, you're, you're yeah. like, all right, now I want you around. Eh, I don't know. I yeah. think, I think you may have already soured them on the subject of hunting at, at that point, you know, if, yeah. if that's the method you're going to go with. So yeah, I agree. Just being able to, being able to include them where you can is yeah. just going to build that, build that bond between you you as a parent and them mm-hmm. as your child but also it's going to uh fuel the fire to to be out and and enjoying uh those things that we we love that's right so yeah um 
you know, maybe as we, we kind of wrap this one up, which mm-hmm. is, this has been a great conversation, just oh, a yeah. great way to kind of reflect on where we are at now as hunters and why we're doing what we're doing and, yep. and um, you know, what we're still hoping for. I, I want to kind of make this statement and then kind of launch us into our, our last little bit here, which is yeah. where are we going from here? And, mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, even though we do get focused on those, those, w- that one species that we really, you know, love to hunt. So for me, that's deer and, yep. and, uh, for you, at least currently, right. You're not back to, mm-hmm. you're that's not right. back to squirrels yet, are you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, deer is, is your thing as well. And I think it's still possible to devote some time to improving your approach on the other things, you know, after mm-hmm. I'm fairly new to dove hunting, you know, still in my second yep. year of dove hunting and I, I, yep. I get hooked on it more and more all the oh, time. Yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And so I started doing some research, you know, on how can I, you know, put myself into a better position to shoot some some doves. And then yep. uh, while I was on the road today, I was listening to another uh, podcast talking about teal hunting. And it's like, you know what, man, I'm not a waterfowl yeah. hunter. Um mm-hmm. But I think there's aspects of migratory bird hunting other than just doves that I could get into. And I think teal could be one of them, you know? Yeah, right. And, and uh, so now I'm kind of, uh, my wheels are kind of turning on on how can I get out and, and start maybe doing a little teal hunt hunting in the fall, you know? And, yep. and um, I don't know if I'll be able to accomplish that this year necessarily, but. Yeah, but, right. Uh, you know, just start doing some of that research and then even going back to the old ones that you've done before. You know, I've been hunting pheasants longer than anything else. And yep. every year I want to try and get a little better with that. And, yeah, and um, you know, maybe even, maybe even start stepping into the realm of habitat management on your property that you, you know, are leasing or that you own right. or, or you just have the permission to manipulate it in that way. You know, start doing some of those improvements and, and trying to make it a better place for those animals to be hanging around during hunting season you know there's there's so many things that we could do that that go beyond just that one target species that we really love and so yeah i think just kind of kind of looking into that and then also we've we preached all the time and again back to the family thing there's a big big part of it efficiency right you know so if you're going to do a food plot make it one that not only deer like, but turkeys like, or yes. pheasants like, yes. or doves like. You know, mm-hmm. what, wouldn't wouldn't be bad to um, plant something. You know that that's going to pull all those things in, so you can you can uh, improve your hunting on all those species. But yeah, let's kind of springboard that into as we uh, wrap this one up. Yeah, what? do we want to expand to beyond what we're doing now? Like, like what are some, uh, some of those on our horizon? We just had that awesome interview with Alex Gruen from East to West hunts Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. how to acquire these different tags, you know, and we're going to bring him back on to, to discuss some more specifics on as far as the, the different uh, species of different game species that we can, uh, try to go out go out of state and hunt but um yep what what do you kind of have on your radar that you want to expand to um 
during your most active years of hunting ahead of you? Yeah, I, that's a great question. I mean, I think for me, honestly, for me, and not to beat a dead horse here, but for me, it's going to be really focusing on pouring myself into my kids in particular, um, and my wife, um, because, you know, and she has a desire to get more into it as well. And I sure. certainly want to help her with that. Um, and so it's going to be really, because, <clears throat> you know, with kids, it's a little different because, uh, unlike, you know, a hunting partner or a hunting friend or a, a mentor to mentee type relationship, um, where, you know, maybe you're getting together during hunting season and, and periodically different times, with kids, you know, you're, you're with them all the time, you know, and so the, the opportunity to see, you know, grow into them, Lord willing, you know, a desire for the outdoors, not that every child takes to it. And that's certainly right. fine and great. Yep. Um, but that's really going to be my goal. And I, and I can already tell, you know, my daughter, um, she doesn't seem to take to it, you know, very much. I mean, she likes going out in the woods a little bit. Um, she she likes going on a walk with me, but she doesn't take to it like, my son does big time. You know, he wants to, if I'm hunting, he wants to be out there. If I'm fishing, he <laughs> wants to be out there. And so yeah, that's, that's awesome. really going to kind of be my thing. You know, that's going to kind of be my focus. Now they're both getting to the point where they can start to go out with me. I can gauge their interest, start to train them a little bit more on those things. So that's kind of, kind of be my thing. You know, I think I'm you know, in, in terms of what, what I'm going to be spending my time doing in terms of like how, you know, I'm going to expand, you know, hunting for myself, you know, ultimately I, mean, I just have a passion, you know, with hunt fish life, um, and, and just a desire to see more people in general, get into hunting, enjoy it, you know, see people have success with it, um, grow the ranks of, of the outdoorsmen so people can experience those same memories and enjoyable times. And so, I mean, I, I think that's kind of my desire on that side of things is to, you know, for the people that I know, Hey, have you ever thought about getting into this? You know, and, and you obviously try to do that with, you know, kind of tip, you know, try to do that with people that, that align with your values, you right. know, as a person. Um, you know, if you're getting married, you, you typically are trying, going to try, you know, for me, I've found someone who believes in the Lord, you know, and, and, and has shared values and those different types of things. And it's very much the same way when you're talking about getting into getting someone into hunting. I mean, finding a friend that believes in those same type of ethics, um, you know, even someone that has, uh, you know, a personality that you mesh well together with all those things. So those are very helpful things because those are going to, those things are going to promote the friendship, the mentorship, all those types of things. So, um, and it makes it easier, you know, if you're, if you're going to, uh, start mentoring someone who's easy to get along with, you have a natural friendship with, you have a natural affinity and, and ease of talking to, man, it's going to make for, for an amazing time. If you just pick some random Joe, you know, who maybe you don't really know now that there's anything wrong with this, but you know, maybe you don't know, and maybe there's not a natural connection there you know, it's going to make it a little more challenging. So, I mean, that, that would be my encouragement, you know, to others too. look for those people who you have a natural affinity with that you have shared values, shared connection and, and take a minute to ask them, you know, like one, one gentleman who I'm working with this year, you know, it was kind of like, Hey, have you ever thought about this? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I kind of just have gotten into fishing and I'm kind of curious about it, but man, I'm really, uh, man, I'm really like intimidated, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. And, and that was literally his response. And I said, you know what? 
here's the cool thing, man. You don't have to go get, you don't have to go buy weapons. You don't have right. to, I mean, about the only thing you have to do is get yourself a, a set of camo. I mean, get yourself a set of camo right. so you can go out. We'll go out. We'll, we'll help you, you know, have the property. You can borrow some weapons. You know, we want to make it easy. And, and, you know, from there, man, amazing friendships can continue to be forged. Um, so I'm just, I'm kind of on the relationship side of things. I mean, the Lord is, the good Lord has blessed me with, um, being able to hunt a lot of different, you know, species here in Delaware and take some, you know, really nice trophies. And I want to, you know, definitely desire to continue to do that on, on that side of things. But, um, I think I'm more interested in seeing, you know, those memories and those, that mentorship built into other people. So I'm really excited to see how even this season works with that, you know, because our local hunting club officially started, you know, like a, a new hunter initiation type program. So we're, this is kind of our first official year, even though we've done it a lot with other people, it's kind of our first official year of doing that. So I'm excited to see that just kind of taking strides, you yeah. know, in, you know, to, towards that side of things. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited now. What would you say, you know, in terms of expanding hunting for you to, down the road? Yeah. You know, a lot along the same lines. Um, yeah. Even before I started first gen hunter, you know, I've been looking at mm -hmm. it like, okay, I'm putting a lot of time into hunting, you know, all this yeah. time listening to podcasts when I'm driving to work and all this time watching YouTube videos and reading yep. articles and, and reading books and, and buying new equipment, you know, and, and researching what I should, should, uh, try to do for equipment and uh -huh. just talking about it all the time, you know? And I yeah. was looking at it as like, you know what, maybe I think there's two ways that I need to two ways that I can go with this, right? Mm -hmm. That that I should go with this. Yep. One, either I need to reevaluate and say, I'm getting like too obsessed with this or too, too, and maybe not obsessed, but too taken in by it. And, or because I'm just spending it on myself. It's time away from my family. It's time, right. away, time away from other people. You know, it's kind of a solo thing. Yeah. And, you know, I I talked actually with, with my pastor about that. And I was like, you know, if I, I just have this like natural, innate love for it, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't feel like I can walk away from that. And I don't. Right. So, I mean, what's my other option? He's like, use it for, use it for ministry or for helping others, you know? And so sure. I started thinking yeah. about that and, and I mean, that's basically what first gen hunter is, but, but, um, and, and, you know, I truly hope that our listeners have, have learned not only from you and me, but from the inc incredibly talented people we've brought on the show and, and interviewed and man, we have so many more people to bring on down the road and, and yes. uh, just really great hunters that can teach us so yep. much but i also want to you know maybe selfishly i want to expand what i'm chasing after you know i love yeah, right. chasing whitetails and i'm in the right place to do it man and and yeah. uh i think it's one of those things where we we get so much or get so busy spend so much time looking at the greener grass right mm -hmm. and then yeah. we don't, don't even realize how good we have it and i think that that's probably how a lot of people are with whitetails around my neck right. of the woods you know yeah um it, it just doesn't get any better but yeah so i don't want to downplay that but i also want to 
go and see what you know what it's like to hunt antelope what is it like to right, hunt sure yeah. But I want to bring people along with me. You know what I mean? I want to, I want to, um, I don't have anything against people who do that as a solo mission. I don't think that that's, I mean, I think it could be made into something selfish, but I don't think that everyone who decides to do these big trips on their own or whatever is being selfish. I'm not saying that at all, but Mm -hmm. I think that it could be a good opportunity, at least for me to, uh, you know, Look, look at somebody in my church or look at a friend who, who needs, uh, more friendship or who, who just, I think would like to go and and would have an unforgettable experience, you know, and I want to bring those kind of people along and, and, uh, just help them have that shared experience, you know, and, and make those shared memories and, and, uh, you know, again, selfishly for myself, I really want to have, I really want to have a crack at an antelope and I really want to have, I really want to have that experience of, of chasing after elk. And, you know, we've heard, we've heard it from a couple different people. Now, when you hear those elk bugling, it's just like sends chills down your spine. I want that. You know, I, I, I I shamelessly will say that. And then, you know, I've, I've already taken my son Jonas dove hunting, hunting, and I've tried to make that a good experience for him. But my goal my dream is to, at some point, before I'm mm-hmm. too old and decrepit, <laughs> and while he's in his uh, his uh, physical prime, so that way he can do all the heavy work, yes. I, I really want to do a, a big-time do-it-right moose hunt with with uh, my son, Jonas, and, yes. and uh, you know, go back deep into the bush, find a big old bull, and... Uh, get them on the ground and get them home. Oh, and that's, man. that's, uh, that's like my, that's like my, uh, <laughs> number, one, like number one, my dream number there. one yeah. dream. And, yep. you know, I want to make that happen someday. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I'd love to expand in, in that way as well. But, but yeah, I think you're right. The best way to expand is to bring others along with you. And, you know, I, I we end every, we end every episode, right? take care and take someone hunting. Well, that's, that's, I mean it when I say that, you know, it's not just some cutesy uh, kind of a little playful phrase or something like that. I I mean it, you know, take, share, you know, when you find something that you really love, don't be greedy, you know, share, share, you know, share it responsibly, you know, don't, If you got, if you're sharing a property with a bunch of other people that um, are paying to be there or who want to have success, well, then don't go inviting everyone onto it all the time because now yeah. you're pushing them out. But but don't be greedy either, you know. And yeah. and along with that, I want to get a, I want to become a better public ground hunter, you know, mm, just, that's just, good. Yeah. just because I think it does open up more doors for me personally, but it opens yeah. up more doors for taking others and introducing them to hunting and, mm-hmm. and, um, helping others, uh, stick with it in the long term. So I want to yeah. become, I want to become more effective at, at hunting public ground and, good. and everything. Yeah. So that's a local and a, and a distance thing, right? You know, that's, yeah. but, um, I, I, that's really where I want, I want to continue to progress towards and, and, um, you know, just see, see what, I, see what I can, see what I can get to in that, in those regards. But, 
Yeah. Well, man, this is this has been a this has just felt good to just yeah just yeah. Uh, do a do a good old fashioned Kent and Brandon yeah. first gen hunter chop it up fest. You know, yeah. We're just. I mean, it's just it's the real deal. You know. That's right, man. That's right. And um, hey, we both have hunting in our very near future. Are you going to try and get yes. out tomorrow? Tomorrow yes. evening. Yes. Yeah. I heard you're going to, you said you're going to be doing some dove hunting tomorrow. Yeah. And you know what? I think I'm, I'm kind of debating here because after listening to this teal thing. Yes. This, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it made me realize that where I've been dove hunting, they put in like these, these just like small random ponds everywhere. And I'm yeah. kind of wondering, I mean, I'm sure it's for regular, just waterfowl hunters shooting mallards and, and, Canada geese, but yeah, I kind of wonder if they're there for the teal too. And yeah, right. And so I kind of thought about maybe we'll go do a little uh, dove hunting over that way. But I've yeah. also thought about going and dove hunting near an area that would probably hold some good squirrel hunting. So maybe we could right. uh, try and get out and, and knock down a few squirrels if we aren't having any luck there with the go. doves. But nice. yeah, I'll just have to kind of, kind of see what my brother-in-law wants to do. I think maybe we'll, we'll try the, the teal and dove thing just because I know teal are, you know, you got pretty narrow window there for them before they're, they're yeah. off headed South. So yeah, I want to well, I uh, wish you happy hunting with that. Cause I mean, that's, Hey, you know, for you guys, it's kind of cool that for you guys, you know, deer season's not started yet. So great time to kind of built in time to get out there and enjoy some of the other species a little bit, which is cool. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. For sure. You know, trying to maximize that time and prioritize things, you know, yes. that's kind of what I'm going to be doing with my pheasant hunting too. You know, historically November, I wasn't a bow hunter then. So November yeah. was... You know, that was after early muzzleloader, at least well mm -hmm. before uh, December muzzleloader. And plus, I just didn't realize how much, uh, you know, putting pressure on the ground affects the deer yet at that right. point. Yeah. But um, uh, I I um, pretty much am going to do most of my pheasant hunting other than public ground pheasant hunting. Um, yeah. It's going to be in uh, December. And so, mm. uh, December, January. And, um, you know, the, one of the farms I hunt, there are zero deer on it come January before then yeah. it's, it's great. But, but, uh, once, once, uh, December rolls around, it's, it's pretty much, uh, a, just a good pheasant place. So yeah, I'm going right. to try and try and just really spend some time doing that and getting the dogs out and so forth. But yeah, right. I think when you, when you kind of look at things differently like that, you can, piece the puzzle together in a way that affects more than just your one target species and right gets you out there with all these other great things that there are to hunt as well but yeah well said well man you have a great night and uh yes. can't wait to catch looking up with you to, again soon yes looking forward to seeing and hearing how everything goes tomorrow and as we get a little closer to the key point of the season man just exciting times ahead yeah, for certain, my friend. I, I can't wait till when we're both in the deer woods and hopefully yes. in the deer woods to, together. Amen. Uh, yes, sir. It'll be a it'll be a real blast to to be able yes. to connect on that. So Yes indeed. Well, Brandon, you have a great night, brother. And you, sir. Uh, we will uh, talk to you soon. All righty.
Hope you enjoyed getting a little uh, throwback from last year's hunting season as much as I did. And, uh, you know, it's kind of fun to see where hunting has gone for me since then, you know. And uh, even to some some extent where it's gone for Brandon. I know uh, he had plans to, uh, you know, use his time to be more of a a hunting mentor. And that has only grown since, uh, since this... Uh, conversation that we did and so um you know it's it's good to look back see where that growth is happening but also take a look at what's coming up you know we should all probably be out shooting our bows and uh making sure our our firearms are all sighted in for the season and uh that we're getting into good physical shape for the season um i was just talking to uh, good old alex gruen about uh uh a possible hunting trip that we're uh, planning for a year from now and i was asking him for some advice on how to start getting in shape for that now you know never never too early to start looking at some of those things that we need to do to prepare ourselves to help reach those lofty goals that we set for ourselves down the road but um anyways make sure if you're uh listen to this uh that you take the time to go over to thehuntfishlife.com that's where brandon and uh everyone who's involved with hunt fish life they're uh putting content there and they have their store don't forget about that and also um uh you can you can uh, find a lot more content for them on their social media pages both facebook and instagram and uh, when you're done with them make sure you head over to firstgenhunter.com that's my website and uh, there you find all the links to uh, the YouTube channel which I know I need to I need to get that that new content up and hopefully you know like in two weeks I will be um, I'll be having some downtime so uh, I'm I'm hoping that uh, I'll be able to at that point not only uh, get some more podcast stuff cranked out but but uh, get some more video editing done and uh, I need to get another article up too, so maybe I'll be working on that. But you can find all that stuff at firstgenhunter.com and, of course, all my social media pages, Instagram at first.gen.hunter and uh, on Facebook. Just look at First Gen Hunter, you'll find me there. So make sure you uh, head over to all those places. Um, just got a new review in for the podcast big thank you to whoever that was please continue to do that that helps get this podcast out to more listeners more ears can hear some hunting goodness some ways to become a better hunter and uh hopefully hopefully uh you've left a review already if not please do so and uh, we we greatly appreciate that we appreciate all of you in every way please continue to interact uh, in the different ways communicate with us uh, like I said we want to as we uh, go into year two here with the podcast we want to involve you more into the show and uh, you know that, that's always fun hearing from you guys and seeing what you're up to so but anyways until next time take care and take someone hunting <laughs>